You're listening to The Real Well Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. How do you scale a big multifamily business, build a rock star team to help you with that, and then empower thousands of women to do the same? I'm Kathy Fetke, and welcome to The Real Well Show. Our guest today had a vision when she was young to really create a big life, and she has done that. Liz Faircloth co-founded the DeRosa Group in 2005 with her husband, Matt. They're based in Trenton, New Jersey, and are the owners of commercial and residential property with a mission to transform lives through real estate. Liz is also the co-founder of the Real Estate Investor Community, a platform to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life on their terms. And she's here with us today on The Real Well Show to tell us how she's done it. So Liz, welcome. It's so great to have you here. Here you built a community that has really grown. So tell me a little bit about that. Sure, sure. So a uh, few years ago, uh, at the time, my my friend and business partner, Andres, and I would be would get together at Panera, just the two of us, and we'd be talking about our real estate deals. We had a number of projects we were collaborating on. And, uh, you know, as we talked about family and life and just you know, being being pulled in a lot of directions. Uh, we would be like, where where are the other women in this business? Because we'd go to events, we'd go to conferences, and we didn't know a lot of women, uh, quite honestly. And I mean, especially when a conference came up, you know, we'd see women on a panel, but they wouldn't be women keynoting. And we're like, what? where are all the women? You know, where are the women in this business? And so um, we both had this shared passion of connecting and connecting women to each other and seeing, you know, women kind of get more involved in this business and grow their wealth on their own terms with what works for them. So we started getting into that space of, okay, what can we do? So we started with a podcast a number of years ago, and then we built a community, a Facebook community, really just creating a community. Uh, and then we did meetups. We have 55 meetups across the country now that women come together in like mini circles to support each other and kind of grown from there. But it really came out of that need of like, women kind of, you know, helping women that have come before them, helping women that are just getting started and everyone along the way of the journey. Um, because now more than ever, women actually make less in corporate America than they used to. And, and from, as you know, in terms of the dollar. And so women have to take their financial security and abundance in their own hands. And real estate investing is, a, is an amazing way to do that. Hmm. Well, I love that. And the, the name is so creative, real estate invest her. How did you come up with that? You know, it's um, it's funny. Everything, everything good kind of comes through a couple glasses of wine. Oh, that's very true. <laughs> so we were we were going back and forth on names, and 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 Andressa was brainstorming, and I was brainstorming. And I went away for the weekend, and you know those weekends you almost feel guilty going away because you have so much to do. So yeah. I saw so an old friend of mine, my friend Alexis. We were chatting. We had a little fire, had a glass of wine, and we were just brainstorming. Me and her, you know, and 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 really, she's like, what about? And we just kept playing with the name. And she's like, her instead of or. I'm like, that's cool. That's you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, it's amazing. Ours was over beer, um, <laughs> not wine. And we were at some pub and and we're like, yeah, we want to just, this was very long time ago. Must be 20 years ago, maybe more. And uh, I'm like, oh, there's just so many of these events where all they're doing is just selling product that's $10,000 and they just won't you know, and sometimes it's not even usable. It's old information and they're, it's mm -hmm. given by people who've never even done it. And how can we do something different? Something, something with real investors that help you build wealth. And, you know, it's like, Rich writes down real wealth. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> so wine, beer, whatever it works. <laughs> oh, that's great. So, okay. 
So when, how did you end up choosing real estate and what were you doing before that? Yeah. So I was actually getting my degree in social work. I wanted to open my own practice and, and really just counsel, counsel people. I was drawn, actually, I, I wrote a business plan, funny enough, Kathy, 20 years ago. Um, I was getting my degree in social work and I actually took one class. I was at Penn, University of Pennsylvania, and they have a great business school. So I took one class at the business school and it was in um, entrepreneurship. And so I created a business plan to create like almost like a counseling center for women. Because I was always, even at that point, very drawn to supporting women, even in the path of mental illness and emotional support. And so that I put a pin in that and my, my brother-in-law handed me Rich Dad, Poor Dad, a little purple book. Um, and I was, you know, early Life 20s, changer. Life changer. And I was like, hold on. And, and I just, in reading it and just getting present to the concepts in there, I'd never heard of most of that. Um, grew up in a very, you know, wonderful family, very hardworking family. My dad was a school teacher. Mom worked part-time and different things. And I, but the idea of passive income and having a business and money working for you just wasn't something I was actually very familiar with. I just knew how to work hard. That's what I did know how to do. <laughs> so, um, and I did that well, um, sometimes in my own detriment. But anyway, long story short, reading that book got me really in, in, intrigued with investing and just how do we do this? And then at the same time, literally, I met my now husband. So we kind of started the journey together. Um, he was an engineer at the time. So actually, I decided after I got my grad school degree not to go into that and instead go into a job of sales. Because in the book, it says if you're not going to go directly in starting your own business and you want to start you know, small or you know, slowly, learn how to sell because you mm -hmm. cannot start a business if you don't know how to influence and sell. So I found this interesting company, uh, Augur Inc. It's a consulting company. So I sold um, almost like a personality assessment product wow. to companies. And I did that for over a decade. Yeah. So as we grew our investing business, me and my husband, um, I got into that work and, and kind of work with corporations and helping them build teams and help them in different areas. And then I left that when I had my son, but um, never actually did any counseling, but I feel like I'm a unnamed counselor. I'm like, I've done a lot of mediation to be perfectly frank in the family and with friends. I just don't get paid for it, you know, right. but you get the, you get the free wine, right? The free wine. That's fine. You know, pay me through wine. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I couldn't agree more about that first job being a sales position, even if it's just an awful one. And if it's awful, even better, you know, but both of my daughters were doing that cold calling first job where, you know, it's like, hardly pays anything and it's almost impossible to you know to get through to anybody but yeah before my daughter took that job the, the youngest one she couldn't even, she was nervous to even just call to make an order for dinner or a reservation or something so after after a few months she could call anyone and talk to anyone yeah, it's, it's important for sure okay so what was your first investment so after you know a year of studying and taking classes at the, the local RIA and all that good stuff, we, um, me and my husband bought a duplex and we found it literally by calling foreign ads. You know, we were just, we would call every foreign ad because that was one of the strategies we heard. And they said, call foreign ads. We're like, why would we do that? We don't want to rent. They're like, well, pay the vacancy and they have a duplex. That means 50% of the building is unoccupied. And that would oh, be, they might, they that, I've never it. heard that. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. So we're, we're like, we'll try it. So that was like, pre like a lot of like, you know, Facebook and, you know, that's 2004 was our first investment. So we um, found a gentleman who was very, he's like, yeah, I'll talk to you. We're like, and then somebody says yes. And you're like, oh crap, now what, now do, what? Do? <laughs> <laughs> what do we do now? So we met him and struck up a deal. Um, it was a duplex right outside of Philadelphia. It was a row home, a little town called Roxborough. 
and they have a lot of older row homes. That's that's the community right outside of Philadelphia. So uh, it was, I think it was around 150,000 for the duplex. And we bought that, um, didn't have the money to, to do it. So we um, started with our sales negotiation techniques. So I went to my father and said, hey dad, we've been taking these courses. <laughs> are you interested in lending us $30,000? And I, I'm still shocked. He said, yes. You know, wow. my dad's a pretty savvy guy, you know, and he's like, sure. I'm like, wow. Okay. Okay. So we struck up a deal and I think we paid him 6%. He was very kind actually. Did you secure lender. that loan to the property? <laughs> I don't even know if he did that. Like <laughs> my father, all the things that lenders do now, it's like, he was just like, yeah, I'll lend you the money. Here like, you go. Yeah, yep. God bless you, Dad. So he was our first private lender. So we first, we wow. bought our first property with private money and kind of grew our business that way. Mm -hmm. um, and then we put about half of that into the property, and then half of it um, was the down payment at the time. It was probably like ten percent to get in, probably pre uh, crash, right? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that was our first investment, and that kind of launched us into investing. Okay, so you got that. That is so good. I love that. Uh, calling for rent. I have never heard that. Yeah, but on right? a duplex, yeah. But on a duplex, yeah. <laughs> they might be in trouble. How many phone calls did you make till you got there? Oh my there? God, we, and we did door to door. Like we knocked on doors. Like oh. we were like, hey, do you want to sell your property? We did everything we could. We, we wow. did as gorilla on the boots on the ground. You know, my most, most, you know, 20 year olds are like getting together and on the weekends and going out to the bars. And then we're like, all right, who are we cold calling this weekend? Oh. Complete, complete dorks in our 20s. But we had a vision and we really, you know, we both shared that that we wanted a bigger life and we wanted to help a lot of people. We always wanted that, um, even then. And, and we didn't know what that looked like, but we just knew doing things differently than most 20 year olds was gonna get us there. And it was mm. hard sometimes because you compared yourself to everyone. You're like, what are we the weirdos, you know? But um, <laughs> we knew we were, I'm like, you know what? I always heard that you want something different in life. You have to do things differently. And it's okay that, you know, we'll enjoy life, but let's let's go to RIA meetings all day on Saturday. And that's really what we did together when we got, to, we didn't live very close to each other, we were up an hour and a half. So, what was the vision you shared? You know, when we, we came together um, and we started chatting and learning about each other, um, we both were very aligned with, you know, just seeing, seeing ourselves helping people. And it was funny, that was some of our initial conversations and it's vague, right? Helping people, you can help people a lot of different ways. Um, I'm a social, my background is social work. So, and I grew up in a family that like too much is given, much is expected. So that's what you do. It's almost like your duty. If you um, have been blessed in certain ways, it's your, your responsibility to, to bless others. And, and, and that's how the world grows. That was just something I grew up with and meeting my husband, you know, he had a great job, but he's just like, I, I want more out of life. I, I want to do great things. And we knew entrepreneurship as we learn more entrepreneurship and um, being on the owning side of things, you know, can, can give you that, that lifestyle. And, and, and then learning about real estate, the ability to transform properties and make them into the highest and best use. We loved the brick and mortar. We loved seeing something transform, especially if it's an investment, but it's also something that you can touch and feel, which is different, obviously, than other investments. So those things coming together and then our vision of like wanting to do something big in this world, give back, help people along the way was something we talked about one of our first dates. Uh, 20 years ago. <laughs> wow. Okay. That's great. So then you started with a duplex, then what? So then we, um, we, we ended up doing a 1031 exchange, kind of got our feet wet with that process, you know, deferring the taxes, getting into a, another property into New Jersey. So we moved to New Jersey, should have probably stayed in, in the Philadelphia area, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> we really, we kind of grew our business for the first half of our tenure in New Jersey, which was, you know, high taxed, 
area. Yeah. We we found it. We found a community, Trenton, which is our capital, which is the capital of Trent of New Jersey. To um, one, we can afford, and two, we can make a difference because we've had this shared vision of making a difference too along our way. And um, so we kind of bought our next number of properties in Trenton in the surrounding area of the county in New Jersey. So um, we bought um, a couple of fourplexes. We, we did a 1031 into a fourplex. And then we ended up buying some more fourplexes in uh, right outside of Trenton. And then we bought more in Trenton itself. And that's really where we, we grew um, to over 100 units and doors in that five, six, seven year period. Mm. Um, and then certain things happen in, in the community. You know, I always say you can't change the market. You can only participate in it. And, and we didn't see certain things shifting and changing. Trenton's still a great place. Um, we just didn't see the things we wanted to see as you get to know markets a little bit better and start to do market analysis, not the things we started with. So we, um, we are doing a development there. We're still, we still have properties there. But in terms of like growing maybe larger multi, it wasn't a place that, you know, we, we started to do that. So we started to obviously segue into other communities, more of the south, southeast in terms of larger multi. But um, I'm grateful for our start. I'm grateful for what we did there. And I'm grateful what we're still doing there. It's, um, but you got to watch the market and you got to know what, what, you know, what's the long-term play? What's the short-term play? Um, I was just going to say, every single person listening right now is going to say, well, what, what do you mean? What did you learn? What, what to look for in that market? Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things, you know, we went in with not just wanting to make money. We really wanted to like truly help change the community. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, Trenton, like many cities across the country, was still dealing with certain economic challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they're dealing with people moving out of the city, um, jobs leaving the city, all the things that as real estate investors, we want to see the opposite, right? We want to see right. jobs coming to the city, you know, movement to to the city. So, you know, we saw certain things happening, like new a new, you know, government come in place and a new mayor come in place. And we're like, oh, there's stuff happening. It's right on the water. And we we were even part of like local um, local community groups where we would be part of brainstorms with, you know, various people, stakeholders in the city. So we had a lot, you know, a lot of energy we put into it. So we started to build, buy buildings and renovate them. These are dilapidated buildings, right? That you can scoop up for fairly cheap, you know, renovate and, and then, you know, kind of renovate and obviously do the classic Burr strategy, buy rent, renovate, and then repeat, refinance, then repeat. Um, and so what we started to see, though, after five, six, seven years, was that you know the same problems that the city was struggling with when we started, they were still struggling with. Mm-hmm. And so you want to see if you're a small developer. We were a small developer, right? We weren't slinging around millions and millions of dollars in the city. Now that can be, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. We were you know we were taking a block and renovating it, right? Maybe three or four buildings at a time. The city needed maybe something. They needed it needs more. It needs like a big developer coming in and being you know, really um, taken care of and not taken care of in, a, in a, any which way, but really motivated, <laughs> incentivized to be there. And um, certain things we'd be hearing, because we know some of these folks, they were being, things weren't lining up and they were going elsewhere. They're going, they're taking their jobs elsewhere. And, and when you see that happening consistently, you know, that's not a good sign for redevelopment. It's not a good sign for, um, you know, having the tenant base to even occupy your building. Um, and there was certain pieces there that had all the right recipe. They had the train station, they had the water, um, you have the redevelopment plans, you had, uh, it's a very beautiful city in, in the right, you know, with the right lens. And we saw that, but you can't be the only one seeing that in a market. Um, unless you have a lot of money and a lot of stakeholders at hand that are going to be part of that movement. 
But I always say, if you see some positive development signs, the big developers coming in and doing certain things, coffee shops coming up, you know, the new building coming up. Now you want to like, you're the small guy, you come in behind them. We didn't have anyone to come behind. So we were kind of trying to, to raise the flag. We didn't have the funds and the, you know, oomph, if you will, backing to really, I think, make those kinds of differences in my, in my, with my two cents, if I, if I will, maybe at one point, but, and I see certain things positive, but it's just taken a long time. <laughs> it takes a long time. Yeah. That's really good advice. And we started out the same way, you know, well, not started out, but when the great recession hit and some of these towns were just decimated, there would be neighborhoods we go to that was just foreclosure after foreclosure after foreclosure. And one couple looking out their window, like with all the boarded homes going, what happened to our neighborhood? So we would do the same, bring in busloads of people and buy up all those foreclosures and fix them up and try to improve the neighborhoods. But sometimes it, it, it took a lot longer than we thought. And it's hard. That's, that's heavy lifting. Yep. So then what, once you learned that, that lesson, <laughs> no, our first, and we were very adamant Kathy for the, the first six, seven, eight years to only invest within 30 minutes. Cause we mm -hmm. managed everything. We did everything. We had a team and we were very committed. That was a rule we wouldn't break. And then we, we broke that. We, we actually bought a building in Philadelphia, 45 minutes from our, from our house. We're like, Oh my God, you would have thought we were like going across the country. Um, but, you know, it's a big deal because then we're like, okay, wow, if we can do that there. We can start maybe expanding. So we bought that 18 unit, which then propelled us through a 49 unit, which was two hours away in, in another part of Pennsylvania. And that was our first sign of actually hiring our first step, excuse me, hiring a, a third party manager. So it was the first time we hired someone. We even thought about it, it as a big argument. I ended up coming out the winner on this argument between me and Matt. And I was actually right, of course, you know, big, big surprise, not joking. <laughs> He's right a lot of the time. <laughs> but uh, I just joke with him. I always like to remind him when I'm right. A few oh times yeah, I am. you have to. <laughs> good for the marriage. <laughs> Isn't that right? So it was fun to remind your spouse when you're right. It just feels good. Um, yes. but, but we ended up thinking about hiring a local team for this property that was two hours because we knew our leasing agent wouldn't have been able to go there. And it just, it was too many logistics. So we ended up hiring our first, you know, third-party management company. And once we let go, of doing it all themselves, they had the professional systems in place. They had the leasing agent. They had all the things that we were doing, but we were doing good. I don't know if we were doing it excellent, like you know, professional property management companies. We were doing a really good job, I would say, managing our, our properties. But when we, so we started to see this company come into place, we're like, well, I think that's the new model. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> we ended up then transitioning out of self-management it really get and really then partnering and then that opened our 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 like our eyes to say where else can we buy and then that's when we started to do more in the southeast which was more than 2 hours away so we do, we have um more of a growth in north carolina and kentucky now that's really where we're doing a lot of our our buying and that other community in pennsylvania it's a little town called lancaster pennsylvania and we do have actually um, a couple, a couple um, smaller, smaller properties there, but it's a great thriving community too. So we kind yeah. of focused on more markets than, than our local. That that whole idea of leveraging your time, you know, I, we did the same. We managed our own properties, and unlike you, we were really bad at it. We were terrible at proper at property management. Much, much better off um, getting someone who actually knew what they were doing and uh, and wouldn't uh, go three or four months without collecting rent. Yeah, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, that is a 
a situation that many people find themselves in. Oh, well, I don't want to pay that eight, eight 8% or in multifamily, I'm, I'm sure it's less, uh, you know, I, I could make that money, but, and I actually have a friend who's been Airbnb in her house and she's doing the cleaning. Well, and she said, well, it's a business. I've got to do the cleaning. And I'm like, no, it's a business. That means you don't do the cleaning because if, if you can find somebody else who's better at it than you, and maybe, um, earns less than you might charge per hour, then, that frees you up to go do, like you said, to, to, to go do more, to, to, you couldn't possibly, you know, manage all those units on your own. No, and yeah. I'm, I'm really appreciative of like, when you, when some people go right there, they'll just go to it, to a larger, maybe multi and hire out. And I'm really, I'm a, you know, our, our path is not everyone's path, but we just, we kind of slowly and steadily kind of grew and we did a lot of it. And then you start to learn better ways to do it. I yes. think we also were learning as we grew, right? So some people coming into this, maybe their second career, they're more, you know, they have maybe started a few businesses. They kind of hit the ground running because they've been there and done that. For us, we kind of grew up in this business, if, mm. in, if you will, you know? So I think we kind of learned as we went and said, okay, what can we do differently? And, and it's, it's hard because we both like to work hard. And, and sometimes you're just I came from a you know very frugal family, you know. Even now, I, I was just starting to get the sense of of like outsourcing. You yeah. know, I hired a laundry facility for the. I'm like, this is lovely. I don't know if I'm ever doing laundry again. Where was this <laughs> service? <laughs> and it wasn't even that expensive. Yeah, you know. So it's like you start to learn. I think we had time on our side then, Kathy. Mm -hmm. And now it's like you start to get older. You're like, time is limited. Time and, is and limited, wasn't. and yeah. you know, there's things you could be doing that you That's maybe right. enjoy more. I actually love to cook, uh, but it became difficult when, when I'm busy. And so I could cook or I could hang out with my guests. So mm. now I've even splurged to having meals catered or yeah. delivered so that, you know, how many parties have you been to where you didn't even have fun because <laughs> you're doing all the work. You're doing all the work. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it might be fun for the person who's got the job and gets to cater for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we are, uh, we are unfortunately running out of time. There's so many more questions I want to ask you, but you are going to have so much information for anyone who can be on the East coast in June. Tell us a little bit about that event. I'm excited to be one of your speakers yes. on a totally different topic. I've never, I haven't spoken on for years. We're so pumped care. to have Kathy as one of our <laughs> keynotes. Uh, yeah. So we're planning, uh, invest her con and, and the, really the purpose of it, June 23rd, 24th in Charlotte, North Carolina, is to bring women together to transform their lives. So they walk away from that conference uh, more fulfilled, more centered, um, feeling more excited about everything in their life, not just real estate investing, because we're going to have speak, we're going to have tons of sessions on obviously core investing, um, you know, folks talking about syndication and RV parks and self-storage and all the, all the niches out there that we, we, we all want to get more involved in or go deeper in. But like Kathy is going to be one of our keynotes talking about, you know, living life on your own terms, you know, through, through the lifestyle you're creating. We have a, a woman from strategic coach, you know, who, not how, and, uh, those books that have come out by Dan Sullivan, she's gonna, she's one of the key leaders there, and she'll be talking about how do you 10x your business. So it's gonna be very business oriented. Kim Kiyosaki is gonna be there um, as well, talking about all the great things she has to share in terms of her path and creating what she's created at Rich Dad Company. So really pumped about it. We're really um, we thought about women what they need. So we're gonna have like mindful networking. We're gonna you know women that are nursing and need breaks and and those sort of things. We're putting you know we're just putting it out there to say, how do we serve women in the best way possible? Um, even just the way women are going to be seated will be different than what you're used to. Um, so the end of it, you're going to like meet partners, meet team members, 
get connected. We're doing some live masterminding, putting women on the hot seat. Like, what are your challenges? Let's talk about it. So I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll be laughing. We'll be crying uh, just how things go and, and women will grow as a result. So really excited about it. We're uh, pouring ourselves into this and a whole lot of people helping us to put this on and um, yeah, just committed to helping transform women's lives. I, I just love it. I, I, when I started and it was a long time ago, I was the only female at the RIAs and definitely the only one on stage. And even until just recently, even now, <laughs> there's many, many times I'm the only woman on the roster. And I, I look around, it's like, I know there's people way more experienced and way smarter than me that should be here in my place or with me. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if the people putting on the conferences just can't think of women um, or women are scared to get up on stage or they're not used to. I don't know what it is, but I see it changing. And I know that you're a part of that. And I just, I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, no, I'm excited. So yeah, I'd invite everyone to come check it out. June 23rd, 24th, you can check it out on our website, but we'd love to see you. Love to meet more women and, you know, wherever they are in their, their journey. Wonderful. All right. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you here, Liz, and I will see you in a few months. Yes, Kathy, thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Well Show. You can go to realwellshow.com to get access to the show notes and also where you can find hundreds of different webinars on various topics to help you get started in real estate investing. And it's free to join. Again, that's realwealthshow.com. Views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to realwealthshow.com.